Hello and welcome to the Pelcast podcast with myself, David Carabini. Support for this week's Pelcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Their products are precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped's performance package is the ultimate men's hygiene bundle. Join over 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with the exclusive offer for you, 20% off, and free worldwide shipping when you use the code PELCAST20. That's PELCAST20, P-E-I-L-C-A-S-T-2-0. PELCAST20 at manscaped.com. If my maths is correct, that's, oh, that's about 8 million balls, give or take. Have you ever had a nick downstairs when you're having a nice groom? Not very good, is it? It hurts. It's quite painful. For me personally, it's happened many times. But not anymore. Not since I invested in Manscaped. The Performance Package 4.0 has arrived, and oh man, it's a game changer. Inside this package, you'll find the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, Crop Reviver Toner, Performance Boxer Briefs, and a travel bag that holds your goodies. First off, the Lawnmower 4.0. This trimmer is the future of grooming, and dare I say, the greatest ball trimmer ever. Their fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their, their advanced skin safe technology. The Lawnmower 4.0 is waterproof and also has a 400K LED spotlight. You need this for a more precise shave. Because this trimmer is waterproof, you can say goodbye to the mess in the bathroom floor. You thought that was good? The Weed Whacker is also waterproof and provides proprietary skin-safe technology, which helps reduce nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate nose holes. Their Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and Crop Reviver Ball Toner will change the way you approach your hygiene routine. Trust me when I say this, fellas. Your balls will thank you. Manscaped even threw in two free gifts to their Performance Package 4.0. The Manscaped Boxers and the Travel... The, Shed travel bag. Bring your comfort and boxers to another level. It's time to take care of yourself. So go to manscaped.com and get 20% off and free shipping with the code PELCAST20. That's PELCAST20. P-E-I-L-C-A-S-T-2-0. And trust me when I say this, your balls will thank you. Hello and welcome back to the Pelcast podcast with myself, David Carabini, and my good friend Bill Gain. We're again without Jack McArdle today, uh, as he has better things to do in the lovely sun. Uh, but we're joined today by Niall from the Peaky Bandsiders. Niall, how are you? Not too bad, lads. It's great to have you on. Your uh, your YouTube channel seems to be hopping off now at the moment. The Peaky Bandsiders is uh, um, you're. You, you had a, a video out. Your last video was uh, Drotta against Derry, which is, you know, I'm a Drotta fan myself, so it's it's a uh, one that's close to my heart. Uh, how are you? How did you get started off with the YouTube stuff? Um, really, it came about because me and the me and the Wayne, we Oshin, would have went to the Irish League games following Corian before COVID kicked in, and we would always have taken like a a photo at the match. And then with COVID and all not being able to get it for a year, I was like, ah, it's great seeing these photos of when we first went to games, but can we not do something better? I thought, sure, we'll do wee videos. Now, believe it or not, I had no idea about vlogging. I had no idea that there's YouTubers um, over in England, the likes of Thogden and uh, Footy Adventures and all them boys doing these here vlogs. Didn't even know they existed. So... Somebody actually messaged me and says, Niall, you know what? That's a good idea. Uh, put it up on YouTube. So the rest history. Yeah, I mean, you've, you've gone to quite a few games now over the last, um, I mean, as you say, during COVID is when you started. So you've gone to a good few games over the, the last couple of years. So, I mean, it's, it's something that I think is on YouTube has always been something that it attracts views. And it, it, we had... Um, a fellow on a couple of weeks ago, Smith, who's one of the biggest vloggers at games. He's, um, you know, we, he goes, he does a, a series called um, On the Road, where he goes to different different grounds around England and and uh, done a couple of trips over here. He's telling us that he, he loves, he'd love to go see Derry someday. And 
Um, so he's, you know, it's, it's something that I think is there is a market there. There's something to look at, and I mean, you know, we've got Keith Simons down here that does it himself with the Irish Footy blog. So it is a, a big, um, a big industry that kind of it's um it's taken off again in the last couple of years since the the, the pandemic started. So yeah, uh, no, look, yeah, fair play to you for 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 doing it. Like it's it's giving people content to watch, and it's it's uh. It's something that's really interesting to watch for getting other people's perspective of the game. Mm-hmm. There's a few boys coming over in the next few weeks now, vlogging from, from uh, Footy Adventures co- is coming over to vlog. Now, I don't know what games he's going to, but he always takes it from a different angle. His stuff's very interesting because he does a lot of research. Um, and there's a young fella who's been doing it in Scotland, Blair McNally. So he's coming over to the, the Derby game this Friday, so it might be interesting. Um, I think he's going to try and get in the south stand with with the the Shamrock Rovers boys. So we'll see how that goes for him. Um, I'm not going. I have a wedding this weekend, so I have no football at all. I don't know what I'm going to do to to fill in the time. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm fairly similar myself. Like when there's no football on a Friday, I don't really know what I'm doing myself. It's uh, it's it's nearly like you know you just feel lost, isn't it? When you're you're going out on a Friday and just where's the football and uh, there's well, no, food, no no curry chips, no burgers, or anything like that. So was, you know, what, what am I doing? With Irish league, like you know, our games are predominantly on a Saturday. Um, and before the Irish league season ended, I was doing League of Ireland on a Friday night and Irish league on a Saturday. So I was I was keeping myself busy, but you know what? It costs a clean fortune to do. Um, yeah. You don't it. And and the biggest cost is the fuel. See, driving down to Dublin, it's fifty or sixty, sixty pound or you know, 60 yeah. years ago, you know, it's, right. it, it begins to sort of cost a bit, especially when you're not making any money out of it. Yeah, no, it is something, I mean, I did the, the trip up to Derry there in, in March, from, I live in Dublin myself, so I, I went the opposite way, mm-hmm. and it was, it's a full tank of petrol open, it's a full tank back, so it's, or, you know, in and around that anyway, so you, you're looking at the guts of a hundred quid just to go to the one game, and I suppose when you're you're thinking about it, it's an it's an event, isn't it? Like you're you're looking at all these people that fly over and back to England and Scotland to go see Man United or Liverpool or Celtic or whatever, and they're spending probably more. You know, it's, they're they're spending four or five hundred on a trip over to to England to go see one game. So it's, I suppose it's not as bad as as that. Like, well, that's it, and you know what? Like, and I put a tweet up the other day there about. You know, basically what we're saying there, people going over to England and Scotland, the games, you can buy a, you can buy two season tickets for, for, for the Irish League for about £300, maybe £350. Shots um, for your pen for one trip. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I remember I went to United against Villa back in 2013. And that would cost each of us, I think that there's four of us on the trip and each of us would cost €300. Euro. So, I mean, that's, it's mad money when you think about it. Like when you could, like for three hundred euro, you get twenty games in the League of Ireland. You know, so it's mm-hmm. you know you spend um, that spend that in one trip. And what we're finding now, what I've noticed, like over the last, you know, the last season in the Irish League, and then going down and seeing the League of Ireland games, the quality of the football is improving so much. So as you know, the teams are getting the ball on the ground. Um, trying to play football, it's not like hoofing the ball and having a fight at the end of the pitch to try and win it anymore. You know, it's the yeah, quality. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, no, you're dead right. I think that's that's a big thing that that we've seen over the last few years is the the improvement in um in the standard of play. I think the standard of, of pitches is something. I mean, I know the the state of the pitches up in Sligo and and Bally Buffet have been something that's been really talked about a lot this season, but what they don't talk about is how good the pitches are and the likes of, you know, Drotta, if the pitch is great, I think in, in Talca Park, the pitch looks in, in great nick, and Galway, Athlone, um, even Longford and the likes, you know, the, the pitch is really, really nice in these places. I, I was out in Bray on Friday, and the pitch looked in, in immaculate condition, and that's, you know, the first division, so... You know, for for this whole standard of you know the whole Stephen Kenny era with the Republic that we want to get the ball down and pass it around, I think it is something that is vitally important to have the pitches in better condition, and I think that's something that we've we've seen. The groundsmen have got have gotten a lot better in the last few years. 
I don't know if I want to talk about the plastic pitches now. I have, I have issues with plastic pitches, and there's quite a few of them, both in Irish League and League of Ireland. Um, yeah. there's, good, there's good ones, but and there's ones that aren't so good. And like, the likes of Cor- Corian have got a new one down, and they've got a whole irrigation system, so they water the pitch before it. You know, sprinklers come on and water, and it's brilliant. But you go up to Derry City, and their, their pitch is bone dry. And you can't play good football on a 4G pitch that that's dry. You know what I mean? So yeah, you've got, yeah, if a team absolutely. who wants to play football on a pitch that isn't, you know, it's not in the condition to play football. And I think as we Derry have started struggling, to be honest, we, you know, they play better away from home. Yeah, I think that, that was the debate about the dog for years, wasn't it? That they had the the Astro, the, the 3G it was back then. And now it's all 4G and 5G and all this kind of stuff. And um, you know, like it's it does need to be watered. It needs to be needs to be wet and slick for the ball to be able to move on it. Because otherwise, it does just hold up, and then the bounce it, it just bounces all over the place. Um, you know, I think Dundalk. I was up in Dundalk a few weeks ago for the the derby, and the ball just it, it, it could be a straight bounce, but it bounces all over the place, and it's nearly like you're playing on a Sunday league pitch. It's you know, it, it just it's uncontrollable. Mm-hmm. So you're you're I think you're, you're right there is that we do need to have. If you have a plastic pitch, it should should be a prerequisite to, to have to at least throw a bit of water on it before kickoff. Mm-hmm. And I suppose that leads us on to sort of what I was talking about on Twitter about the the, the leagues being local football. Oh, here we go. This, this is going to be a fun debate that, now. what it's all about. The... the, the <laughs> Where, where do you start at this? You start at the people who run the leagues, the people that administer the leagues. Like in Northern Ireland, you've got Neffel, the Northern Ireland Football League. Yeah. Down, who is it that administers the league? Is it League of Ireland? Uh, it's the FEI. Uh, and they, they, they treat their own national competitions with so much contempt. It's unbelievable. Um, yeah, no, I, I completely like, I agree with that. I do. I think that the, um, I mean, I think that this kind of, chat came about from the I think Bill was was pushing the narrative of me giving out about you using the term local football as a as a negative but I, I don't think it is for me personally. I think it I think you're right about it. they do treat it with contempt. They do look at the League of the League of Ireland and the the, the Irish Football League as you know, yeah. you know as it's it's the the problem child as John Delaney called it and it's you know we're maybe like a spoiled brat looking for more and more and more when they haven't given it to us, but I think the term local football is there's something a bit more romantic about it. Um, for me personally, I think you look at, I mean, I, I've, I've been to games over in, in England and, and Germany and you know, Spain and the likes, and they do use the term local football at, at the highest level. Um, like I think Leicester seeing whenever they go to see the top teams, you know, we support our local team. Um, and it, it is, I think there's something more romantic about supporting your local club. And seeing them succeed, that that's my opinion on it anyway. Mm-hmm. But then they market it so sort of like that, you know. They they actually market it as it's as if it is a wee league, and that's the bit that sort of really gets me because, like, it is a national league, and they should be absolutely like getting it into your face. This is our league. This is our football. This is you know, and it's not like that. It's like come on and see our wee teams. I see. You know, it's just. Like, bum it up, like, you know what I mean? Like, like, tell people that they're they're going to something good. Tell them that, you know, it's 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 good, like. Yeah, Bill, what do you think? Yeah. yeah, I suppose. Look, I think we're looking at this and we're explaining two separate issues here. There's the issue in itself on whether it being local, being titled as lo- local football, is a problem. I'm, to be honest, I'm indifferent either way. I don't see the problem, whatever. But what I think the, the separate issue at hand here, and what, what I think we can all agree with here, is the mentality of the the organizers, the, the FA and the FAI, um, IFA and FAI, and how they're, you know, they're local in their mentality and they're local in their outlook. And, you know, they're really maybe restricting themselves and how to market the league or whatever. Um, they're not pushing the boat, making sloppy mistakes on the social media. I think it was in the last week or so we had um a first division table um posted by our official account and 
they had every team as first. So like it's stuff like that which is just amateur and amateur in our outlook and amateur how we're presenting ourselves is the issue. I don't see really the issue in it being titled as local football or whatever. What is what is, what is the issue is the attitude that comes with that. And if we can title it as local football and be professional in our mentality and professional in our delivery of the product, then I don't see the issue. So I think they're kind of two separate issues at hand, and I don't think it's really the local football is the issue. It's more so the being local in our mentality, thinking of us as smaller than the other. Yep, that's exactly that is exactly it. It is it's they market it in such a way that they make it an inferior product. Um. Yeah. Well, I think at the moment it is inferior, though. I think that's the issue: is that it is. because of this, this, so many years of neglect from the, the IFA, the FAI, UEFA as well. UEFA refused to give any sort of backing to smaller nations. Um, I know they have the the Conference League now, which is supposed to be this whole, oh, we, we give an opportunity to the smaller nations and all this kind of stuff. But, I mean, look, UEFA are known for basically shitting on the smaller countries, for want of a better phrase. It's it's they They've made this new competition for the smaller clubs, the smaller countries, the smaller leagues, smaller the smaller teams to have a better chance yeah. of qualifying for Europe. Yeah? Allegedly. Well, no, the, this, is, the, this is what they've marketed as. The, the conference no, but you league... Were... Yeah, go on, sorry. Yeah, go on. I was going to say, yeah, um, UEFA allegedly shit on the smaller countries. There's no alleged about it. It's, it's fact. It, is our, it is our understanding. It's my my opinion. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, no, the, no, the the conference league is only going to be of a benefit to Shamrock Rovers and Linfield. Let's be honest, because you know if they win their first rounds in in the Champions League, they drop. Or, they drop. Sorry, they don't drop. They stay in the Champions path in the Champions League, and then if they lose the next one, they're one game away from getting into the conference. So that's the only teams that benefit. So like yeah. a Sligo Derry, it doesn't benefit them. Yeah, but this is this is my point is that they brought out this new competition where uh you know it's it's this competition that's been marketed as look what we're doing. We're giving the smaller countries a chance to qualify for a European group stage. But then they take away Irish the the FEI and the IFA's Places from the Europa League, so then this, you just don't have a chance of qualifying for the Europa League at all. And they, yeah. like UEFA are marketing it as this great opportunity for the smaller countries, and then they still put in the seventh and eighth best teams from England and the seventh and eighth best teams from Spain and Germany and Italy and France. And we're looking at it here saying, like, we can't compete with that. So UEFA are the, the ones that at the top of the, the top of the table, they're turned around and basically saying. In my opinion, sorry, Bill. Uh, yeah, thank you. A big, a big fu to Irish football. Like it's you know to not just Ireland. You know, you look at your Moldova's, your Latvia, Lithuania, Iceland. All these different smaller nations are being told to basically we don't give a shit about you. There's more money to be made from having the likes of, you know, wolves in the Europa Conference League than there is from marketing and giving more prize money to the smaller countries. I mean, that's my opinion on it. I think I, I look at it and say, you know, then the FEI and the IFA are taking that attitude that we have from UEFA and saying, well, if they're not going to try, why the fuck, excuse my French, why the fuck would we try? Because then it goes then, you know, John Delaney, problem child, nobody cares. And it's just, then you have, you know, your Trapatonis coming out saying Ireland doesn't have a league. Um and then it's marketed that way as well. And then it gets to the point where we have nobody coming over to, to market the league properly. We don't have a, a multi-million pounds like, deal with Sky, even though the FEI have pushed for a Sky deal with the women's team. And then we're, we're just left in the lurch. Like, we can't even get a game on telly. <laughs> like, Dundalk were playing Shamrock Rovers on Friday night and it wasn't on television. People couldn't see it if they didn't, if, like, couldn't see it on terrestrial television. It's just madness. It's the the marketing of the league comes from the top down, and it's it starts from UEFA and it works its way down into the, the local FAs. That's my opinion on it, anyway. 
Yeah, it's it's sort of similar in the, the Irish League, um, but the BBC do stream a lot of games. You know, every week there's games streamed through their iPlayer service. Uh, but I don't think the clubs actually get any money out of it. I think it's like sort of, you know, the BBC were like, yeah, we'll stream games, but we're not giving you money for it. It's yeah, but that's, it's the same over here. Like RTE will show 15 league games a year or there's something around that. It could be, could be 17 league games a season. And that's 17 league games in a 33-game season or a 36-game season. And it's just like, you know, that's half the games are being shown on television. The rest of them not. Like, and you're kind of saying, or there's a, a game on for half the season and then you're not getting any other sort of a, you know, there's no other push. We don't have a highlights package. We don't, like we have LOI TV, which is, you know, it's a great thing, but it's run by the clubs where they're the ones that are putting the, the commentators in. They're the ones that are putting in the research and all the effort. And it's seven euro per game. And they've refused to give us a, an annual package, which is, I mean, last year we had an annual package during COVID where you could pay, I think it was 60 euro for the year and you got to watch whatever game you wanted. And now it's, you have to pay per view. You can't just go out and say, I'll pay 20 euro. I know I'm going to watch about 10 games this month and that would be that. Or I'll pay 100 euro and I can watch every game for the season. They've gotten rid of that, that perk and it's just not an option anymore. And it's just it's not good enough from, from the marketing side of things. Uh, yeah, Bill, what, what were we going to say there? Yeah, and I think the problems that we've all outlined here between the three of us, it's the exact reason why the All-Ireland League has to come into discussion. And I suppose, look, when we, we, I suppose we, we spoke about this with Listen to the Waffle and I think there's broad agreement on it about the positives of the All-Ireland League. But, like, if you look at the prize money in the Scottish Premier League and even the Scottish First Division, it's like 6 million, 1 million. I think the team that comes bottom in the Premier Division gets a million. And then you have like um Shamrock Rovers if they win the league round they get one hundred twenty thousand or whatever like I don't like I can't understand why we couldn't compete with them if we joined up um the leagues in some sort of form because uh, look realistically Northern Ireland and Ireland aren't the smallest countries between the two there's about four and a half million five million people like is it really um sustainable to be trying to pursue two half semi-professional leagues and would be would we be better off encompassing an all-in league of some sorts where we might lose one European place or if that has to be the fact but maybe the teams that actually qualify from the all-in league actually can go on and they'll compete in the group stages and don't because as I said in the podcast like are we, it's Europe in name you may go through two or three rounds but we're not getting to the group stages for for the most part, and I'd much rather have one less European players across the two jurisdictions, and see we say Linfield in the Europa League qualifiers or or the group stages, and then Champions in the Champions League qualifiers, or whatever group stages full like because I think in the in the broader scheme of things that would be more for Irish football than having an extra team in the qualifiers every year. Oh, and and as well, yeah, again. Yeah, go on, sorry. In Northern Ireland, the biggest obstacle to an All-Ireland League in Northern Ireland is the fear factor. There's teams in Northern Ireland, their fans think that they would get eaten up in an All-Ireland League and then what would happen to them? And I think that's, to me, that's what I see as the biggest problem. Yeah, I mean, I, I did a bit on this a few years ago where it was, um, like we need a proper pyramid system. It's, it's that simple. We need to have a, a pyramid system where you look at like over in England and I know, you know, comparing ourselves to England isn't going to work because it's such a different like narrative over there and they're not competing with other sports and whatever, that kind of side of things. But you look at, you, you look at us, we could have, say, a Premier Division of 16 teams and the top eight from both leagues and then you have your first division of the, the next 16 teams and you have a third division of 14 and then you split it into regionals which is like we have the provinces there so we could have an Ulster Senior League a Leinster Senior League Connacht and Munster um, and then you go down into counties so we already have the country laid out in a system where we could have a pyramid system from top to bottom but the, the issue is 
there's no interest in doing it. Even if you look at the, the top teams from the Leinster Senior League, they've no interest in joining the League of Ireland because they're getting more money for winning the Leinster Senior League than they would do for getting like mid-table in the first division. So it's, it's a, it is a money thing. It's always going to be a money thing. But unfortunately, at the moment, if we don't have the backing from anyone who's going to come in and say, here's 100 million euro to put in proper infrastructure within within three national leagues and then beyond. But that's, you know, that's that's my opinion on it anyway. I think it's, it's something that we can look at and say, if we can have a talk about it until the cows come home of, oh, let's have a, an all-island league. We need to have a backer. We need to have a multi-million euro deal or a multi-million pound deal where we're going to have someone come in and say, here's 50 million and that's going to do the league for the next three years until it's up on its own feet and they can go an all-island league. Irish football is going to take over now. We're on the way up. And that's that's something that we're missing at the moment. We just don't have it. We don't have someone who has the interest. There's no millionaires out there that are willing to, to do that investment. Sure. Surely that's more marketable. Our product is more marketable and more likely to get that backing as an all-island league and as the two two leagues coming together, then it is with the Irish League and the uh, League of Ireland in isolation. Like, I suppose, I said in the last podcast um, with the Waffle Boys, if the Eredivisie in Holland and the Belgium League are looking to amalgamate, I think, in the next two or three years, then it's prehistoric if we think that we're so big or we're so proud that we can't amalgamate and come together ourselves. But, like... Again, the teething problems and the finances are going to be an issue in itself, but I suppose until we draw up a plan, a proposal, and how it's going to look, get all the teams on board or whatever, then we have to have that first before the backers come, I think. And I don't know. I think the solutions have to come from the ground up and accounts or people like ourselves trying to drive drive it home or put the conversation to the airspace because I don't think the traditional media outlets may want to or do so for their own interests or whatever. Did you see the previous All-Ireland League um, thing that they drew up? It's, there's, there's a whole YouTube channel on it. Uh, I saw bits of it. I didn't, didn't read it's, too much into it. It's dreadful. Like the, the idea was dreadful and they came, they went to the clubs about that there when years ago and I can see why it fell on its face because the idea was that they run the two regional leagues and then the top teams go into a super league. Yeah, um, actually. Yeah. The point that they already have in all this here. To me, that, that's, that's a lot of crap. What you said earlier works for me. You know, you get the top teams from the two leagues and that's your super league. And then below yeah. that, you know, at some stage it goes to regional but there's no reason why you can't have the top league and their first division and then after that regional. Yeah, but that's that's my point about it is that like if you look at any other pyramid system in Europe anyway, it's all done through you have your regional leagues below your national leagues, but over for whatever reason in Ireland they've decided to do let's have a national league but have it completely cut off from the regional league. And for whatever reason in our in the Republic we don't have summer football at Sunday league level. It's absolutely bonkers. It's, you know, I think the over 35s league is the only league that is um, a summer league in the Republic. And I think that's just crazy when the, the top level is playing through the summer. The whole football calendar in this country should be played on the same calendar. It doesn't matter if it's a summer league or a winter league. Everything should be played at the same calendar. February to November or August to May, it should all be done at once rather than having this, you know, like my my Sunday league team season finished on the, the 20th of May and then the League of Ireland has been running from the middle of February until the end of, to the middle of November and we're now not back playing football till September. Like you have to have this, the want and the, you know, the, the football hunger in the, the, just have the culture where it's all done at the same time rather than having us play through the winter in Sunday league and half your games getting called off anyway. And then you're by the end of it, you're on the 20th of May, you're nearly fed up with, at the sight of a football because you've been, you've been playing all year. And then, you know, you've got your, your league of Ireland football and people don't want to go then. But if we had a, a proper system in place where we're 
all playing on the one calendar, I think you'd see a much bigger increase in the amount of people that are going and the, the willingness to, to get involved. Well, sure, up north, that's, that's the way we do run, you know, the August to, to May. And you see going to the League of Ireland games here, you know, over the last two months, I think this is, I've, I've loved it because it's warm. You're not standing and there's like hailstones hitting you in the face or snow. But there's, again, it's another thing in Northern Ireland. There doesn't seem to be a big appetite to change from winter football to summer football. So, you know, you, you can't even do a cross-border competition that works because the leagues don't even run at the same time. Yeah, well, they had that. They, they tried to get that competition, wasn't it? The United the, you know, Union Cup. Yeah. I think the top two from both leagues were supposed to go into a semi-final and final, and they couldn't do it because it was, you know, Pats and Rovers didn't want to do it during their preseason, and then it, is it Linfield and who, who were the top two last year? It was Linfield and Corian. Yeah, so they didn't want to do it in their preseason, so or mid-season, or, or I don't know which way it was, but they didn't. They wanted to all have it on their own terms, but the problem was their own terms didn't match up, and it just. It was just madness, like, because you're looking at it saying, like, this is a great opportunity to turn around and say, look at how evenly matched the two leagues are. And then it's, you know, they just turn around and go, oh, no, we can't do it. And that, that sounds like clubs as well, by the way. I'm not just, I don't want it to seem like I'm constantly just blaming the, the FAI and the IFA and, and UEFA. Like, it, the clubs have to have some sort of a blame on it too. Like, they have to be doing better. Um, like I know they, they all get involved heavily in the community and I know that that's a big big thing in, in the League of Ireland anyway uh, is that they're all really heavily involved with their communities and it is great to see that like it's the community style club ethos is something that does help a lot and um, I know it, it kind of goes against your belief for the, the whole local side of things and all, but it's, it's it is all really tightly knit and it's great to see that you know the the you know, like for example, Gary Deegan, the draw of the midfielder, was down with the under 12s uh, girls team coaching a couple of weeks ago. Like that kind of stuff is something that we need to see more of. But then the clubs need to do more in terms of marketing on a broader scale rather than just getting into the schools. That's, you know, maybe throw out an ad on the radio or I know Bose did it with, with bus stops. They had a bus stop ad for a while where, you know, it was all around all around North Dublin. You'd see this poster about going to the Bowes game on the first day of the season. But then nothing came of that afterwards. It just stopped after that one game. So it's it is something that needs to be, you know, pushed on a broader scale rather than just locally as well. But you see what you're saying there about the clubs. It's the same up in the Irish League. It's everything's left to the clubs to do all the marketing. The league don't do the marketing. You know yeah. what I mean? The individual clubs are being like left to basically try and get people through the gates, you know, and the league itself don't seem to push anything. The only thing that was pushed up our way was the League Cup final last year and they paid for advertising all over the place, big money apparently. Um, and there was a massive crowd and they made the ticket prices cheap, similar to the League of Ireland uh, FA Cup last, last year. Yeah. They marketed it in a way where it was for the masses, but you don't see it any other time of the year. Yeah, that is an issue. Like the FEI Cup is a is a great day out. And I'll stand by that. Like it's I go every year. It doesn't matter who's playing. It's a te- it's a tenor in and you go in and you go in with all your mates or you go in with your family. You go you take the kids, take the the, the, the wife and whatever. And everyone just goes in and it's a great atmosphere. The both both sets of ultras will be there creating a great atmosphere with the pyro and then they have a, they had a big light show at it last year it was brilliant um, but that's the problem is they don't do that for any other game like even this weekend you know Bows and Rovers are playing on Friday night in Tala I haven't seen anything on social media about it like it's sold out but yeah but then have it advertised for being on telly Aye. you know put, put, put it on RTE have it out there the only thing that I've seen is actually Shamrock Rovers saying it's on RTE. That's the only thing I've seen. I, I haven't even seen that. Like, that's that's the thing. Like that, this should be like I live in Dublin. I live like I live uh, less than an hour's walk away from Dalymount. 
and I haven't seen anything. I haven't seen any. They should be having billboards. They should have like all over Dublin, and they have this sign going over the Liffey where it's going from north side to south side. Like, why not buy out that sign for the week and just have it? and Rovers, north side versus south side, and it's over the river where the, the divide is. It's it's just I don't know why they don't just push for it. Like it's you know the biggest game in Irish football or League of Ireland football anyway, and just push for it to be the biggest thing and have everyone talking about it. And it's like, oh, did you see the the match last night? Did you see did you see who was playing this weekend? And they just don't have any any sort of a you know they don't care. They don't care about it. And that's the that's the upsetting thing and that's the frustrating thing. What, what do you want to say there, Bill? Yeah, um, and I suppose maybe I'm showing my naivety or whatever, but I as people see around in the account, I'm constantly trying to watch social media and keep an eye on if I, if, like if I log off for an hour or whatever, I'm bound to miss something and I come back to my phone having blown up with twenty two notifications or something. But like even with the f- the amount of time that I put on social media trying to find out everything and, you know, deliver everything whatever. I there's still oftentimes games, like announcements by RT or whatever and things like that, that I miss. And if someone like me who's sh- showing the, the, sh- the sh- putting the sheer amount of hours that not, like a, a regular person with an actual job couldn't be putting in to try to keep up to date with Irish football, if it, wouldn't be able to do like, and there's still, and I'm still not getting information required. Like, I don't know how we expect normal people to know, get in, involved the League of Ireland and the Irish League. Because if someone like me who's spending all the time in the world on social media trying to promote it, and still I'm missing announcements and of either the FAI Cup draw tomorrow, I only saw that this morning, um, different things like that. If I'm missing things like that, then you can sure be hell that the casual fans are, I consider myself a casual, but the people who can't be spending 10 hours a day on social media are definitely not going to see it. And we're just fighting a losing battle last stage, I think. Yeah, I mean, it's it's frustrating. Like, it's you know, we're, we are fighting a losing battle when you have your CEO of, a, of a, an organisation that's supposed to be promoting and calling it the, the, uh, the problem child. And you have the manager of a national team. I know it was... 10 years ago we're having them say that it's that we don't have a league I think it's it's um you know we are fighting that losing battle and it's something that I think we have pushed for with with Irish football on, on both sides of the border by the way to as as fans to to get away from that that um the negative the negativity around Irish football from the from that side of things but it's yeah it's um it's something that we need to really kind of arrest the slump from the, the higher ups and really push them to to want it. We need someone in there that wants to promote the league and that will sit down on the and just say, this is what we're doing. We're promoting the League of Ireland. We'll take the hit at national, international level just to get the proper... And the same with the Irish League. We're taking a hit at international level so that we can get proper structures in place to see a, a much better future. You know that there's people in paid positions in both NIFL and um, the League of Ireland. They're they're actually paid to do marketing roles. That's a full time job. They're, yeah. they're actually getting paid for what you know the little that we do see. I don't know what else they actually do because it's obviously not what us as fans want to see. Yeah, well, that's that's the problem. Is they like I mean they they put up. The uh, the SSE Electricity League um, official Twitter account put up a, a picture on Friday morning. As far as I know, it might have been Saturday morning, saying a full list of first division fixtures, and it had the Premier Division fixtures on it rather than the first division. And it's like, you know what? Like they're the tiniest little clerical errors that just. Even I remember there was one time Bows were playing on telly and they had it up as Bohemians instead of Bohemians. Like these are the types of things that you can't let go out on national television. Like the amount of times that they've accidentally put a Dundalk crest for Drotter or a Drotter crest for Dundalk, it, it's just getting to the point where you're looking at it saying, This isn't an accident, like these are ripping the piss. 
these are just taking the absolute piss out of us here. And they don't care. They, they're happy enough to let this kind of stuff happen. And it's, you know, like putting the wrong names down for games or putting the wrong crest. It sounds like something really small, but it's the type of thing, and I know you were saying, uh, Niall, about, you know, you wouldn't see, you know, Premier League teams call us local. You wouldn't see Premier League, the, the, the Premier League put the wrong crest on a, on a team. You know, you wouldn't see them put the wrong um, the wrong name up or misspell a name when they're putting up something or have the wrong name of the league on on a tweet. It's, you know, you, you just wouldn't see it. But you that's the problem over here is you do see it and that's what makes us look like this amateur hour. Like, you know, we don't take ourselves serious, so why should anybody else? It's, it's something that we need to fix. And, that I, like, the only way to do it is to get people in that actually want the league to flourish. And that's at the moment they don't have that. They don't in neither league. You have nobody in there that sits there and says, "I want this league to do better." Oh, and actually, genuinely mean it. I don't think they realise. Like I don't think they realise the potential that even two separate leagues have. I don't think they actually realise, you know, how big they could make the League of Ireland and the Irish League, the way they are at the minute. Like I don't think they see the bigger picture. I think they're happy with the way things are. They're happy with their, you know, their wee league. Yeah, I, I'd agree with that. I think, you know, when you look at like Ireland, I think both, both of us were in Euro 2016 and everyone, like everyone worldwide was talking about how great the Irish fans are from both sides of the border. The Republic, the North, everyone was brilliant. There was no trouble. They were going over and they were singing to Garda, they were serenading women outside, you know, Victoria's Secret shops and all this kind of stuff. And like, you know, it's great crack. And but then they don't market that as a like these are League of Ireland fans. Like let's let's get like, this is the type of atmosphere you'd see at a League of Ireland game. And they don't market that. They they look at that and say that's our national team, how great are they? But there's too much of a disconnect between the national team and the leagues. Um because you don't see, I'm not sure, would you see many, many get called up to the north from the, the Northern Irish Football League? Uh, one one person I've seen in the last win of years, um, McMenamin, plays for Glentoran, good player, played in the National League there for Northern Ireland, apparently stood out. I didn't see the games, I don't really, I don't follow Northern Ireland as such, I follow yeah. Ireland. Um, yeah. But, by all accounts, he stood out, and he'll probably get a move across the water because of his performances. Yeah, well, see, this is the thing. You know, we have obviously Jack Byrne got called up a few times when he was playing for Rovers. But you look at you know players like Sean Maguire, who was who's at Preston now, and he scored. I think he scored twenty three goals in in twenty one games or something like that. In, in the year when he went over to the year he signed for Preston halfway through the season, he played twenty twenty one goals. 21 games and scored 23 goals or something. And he was scoring hat-tricks in, in the European qualifiers and things. And he couldn't get a call-up, couldn't get a call-up. And as soon as he went over to Preston, he got a call-up without even playing a game. Mm-hmm. And you're, you're looking at it saying, like, we knew he was going to Preston long before he actually signed, long before he went over. So why not call him up when he's playing for Cork? And get the league that exposure. And they're not doing this. Like, that's... Again, you know, Richie Tell got 20 goals from centre midfield in, I think it was 2017, 2015 or 2017, one of them, before he went over to Brighton. And again, you know, he just, he was banging them in and he's playing brilliant. Got his first call up after he went over to Brighton and didn't play a single game for Brighton the whole time he was there. So, like, why are they waiting for them to go over to England before calling them up? When they could call them up when they're here and they're playing regularly, and they're on form in Europe, and they're not getting a look in at, at national level. It's just mental. For me personally, I think it's just crazy. The the the, the one name that springs out to me that you're talking about, you, now that you're talking about that, is Chris Shields. And I didn't really know much yeah. about him when he played League of Ireland, but he's come up to Linfield, and he is like he's Rolls Royce. Like, and Ireland have needed a player like him for years doesn't get never never a call up never anything and like he's is is a Rolls Royce player. Yeah. I mean, and I, he played I, in I, Europe for Dundalk and he stood out <clears> for the <throat> I do remember him standing out when Dundalk were playing in the Europa League like 
Yeah, see, I, I have my own issues with Chris Shields because he's a dark player, but you know, it's, it's, um, you know, I won't hold that against him if he if he does if he ever did pull on the the Irish shirt. But like he, this is the thing: players like him never ever gonna get a call up. Like it's it's just crazy looking at it. Like if, even you know Gavin Bazunu, who's the Ireland goalkeeper, like, he played for Rovers when he was sixteen years old. Like this, this is, you're missing out on these gems when you're looking at them. you know Seamus Coleman, the Irish captain, came from the League of Ireland. James McLean came from the League of Ireland. It's Wes Houlihan, who's probably the most talented Irish player in the last 25 years, or 20 years even, if you take out Robbie Keane and Damien Duff. He's came from League of Ireland, and they're not getting their, you know, they, Wes Houlihan wasn't called up till he was like 30 years old. So it's you know they're missing out these League of Ireland players because they're they're playing League of Ireland. But the second they step foot on a on the magical airplane across the water, they're being called up, and it's just I, I just don't understand why. No, it's it's the same in the Irish league. Like with without signing, like I've got my Corian hat on. There's a fellow place for Corian right back, Lyndon Kane, and he's absolutely incredible. Um, he would never get any international recognition because he's playing for a part-time team in, in Northern Ireland. But like he's as good as anything that Northern Ireland have. Yeah, I mean that's yeah, it's it, this is exactly it. Like you know, you're looking at it, and you know the Republic are missing a player who can find a pass from midfield, like someone who can go into that midfield. And play a nice pass in around the corner, or just play it down the line into into the channels for someone with pace. And like Rovers have Danny Mandrew, they have Jack Byrne, Wayne Burke, all these players that can find that pass from that number ten role. And they just don't even get a look in. They never have, and they never will while they're playing here. And it's that's why you're seeing players go over to England playing League One football. To just get a bit of football like, and get a chance to play in international football. Like Bill made the point there in the in the uh, chat box about we were the only country at Euro 2016 without a home base player. And it was the same in 2012, it's the same in 2002. We're the only countries that don't do it. And like, you see, it's it's a detriment to us because we're relying on other countries to to um, develop our talent and it doesn't work because they don't care if our players make it or not they don't want to see Ireland succeed over their, over their players so it's like if they have a, a decision to make a 50-50 decision between say for example if you know I don't know maybe Chelsea have a decision to make between an Irish player and an English player they're picking the English player if it's a 50-50 decision because that, that covers their quota it covers their, you know, their English bias. Whereas over here, we don't like we're not even getting a look in with players like that. And it's that that's why we're seeing players come back over here and and, uh, and losing out. What, what do you make of that? What do you think? I agree with what you're saying. Like, and it's I, I think anyone that does get called up, it's 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 almost a token gesture. Yeah. Rather than, than being called up and even getting a chance. The argument falls because of uh, Conor McMenamin playing for Northern Ireland, you know, because he actually yeah. did get called up and, and he did he play, he started, I think he started against Cyprus, you know, which is like it's massive. Yeah, that, that's a you know, that's a testament to him as a player, because he was able to like disprove the rule that he, Irish players aren't good enough if they're playing over here. But do you know what? He's not the best player in the Irish League. You know, yeah. he's the best player in the Irish League, but he's got a call up to the Northern Ireland national team and he started. Whereas there's other players who are, you know, score more goals, defend better, you know what I mean? And they're not yeah. getting a look in. Yeah, Bill, what do you think? You're on mute there, Bill. Yeah, sorry, I was Googling just to clarify what I was going to say. But like, I think we go on about the League of Ireland and the Irish League. And we, as we've acknowledged, there's no investment going into leagues. But I genuinely believe, pound for pound, from 
I don't know how you actually quantify it or look into it. Something I might look into in the future. But like for producing your know, Premier League level footballers or high level footballers in the top English leagues and whatever, for money put into the Irish League and League Round, I think we do we're possibly one of the best leagues in Europe, to be honest. Like if you look at um even Northern Ireland now, you've Shane Lavery um playing for Blackpool, didn't make it out of Everton, came back. Um, was unbelievable at infield and got us moved back into the abroad. Then you have um more recently you have Jack Patterson from Crusaders who's going on to sign for Everton in the summer I think. And then you look at the League of Ireland, so as I said, Coleman, the looks of Matt Darty or whatever. I think for like actually Penny put into the league, into other league, we are amongst the best in Europe at producing players like. I'd love to see the, the players that we produce in the League of Ireland and Irish League if we're getting the millions of funding that uh, the College Premier League gives. So, like, there is that point, too. Like, we're selling our league short, as as we've said in some of the marketing of it. But, like, realistically, some of the success of the players coming out of these leagues are, is in spite of the lack of funding, in spite of no marketing, in spite of no crowds. So... Could you imagine if we actually had that backing and had the crowds, what sort of players we could produce? Unbelievable, I'd say. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I agree as well. But, look, I think it is getting better, slowly but surely, but I think we still, the same argument is that the people running the leagues, I don't feel like they realise what potential they have. Yeah, I, I don't I, you know. I think they, they don't really care. And I think that is the issue. In, in my, I'll, I'll say it again, in my opinion, I don't think they care. Because I don't think I they, they, I think if, if they, if they were to see, to be seen to put the effort in, then that's more, more it's more work for them rather than, uh, like if they put the work in, it'll be more money for them. But they're looking at it from a point of view of, I have to do more work. So I don't think they really want it. That's again, you know, it's it's something that I could be dead wrong. Maybe they just don't have the 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 backing themselves to 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 do it. But it's just from what I've seen, they like how difficult is it to type out Premier Division instead of First Division or put one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine on a league table, rather than having like these small little mistakes that are just. Laziness that they just don't put the effort into to rectify and to fix, and even like you look at the the FBI tweet um, after the Scotland game, um, they they put out that Josh Cullen was man of the match and he covered eleven thousand kilometers. You know, it's that's just they meant to put down eleven point six, but they put down eleven thousand six hundred. <laughs> <laughs> like. This is the type of stuff that the FEI and the it's it's just lazy. It's you know they're not looking at it from a point like Claire Claire has happened. Look, I know that myself. It's it's everyone makes it makes a mistake, but when they make so many, it goes from just being a human error to being human laziness. I'm just on YouTube here looking at stats for the the FAI's um, YouTube channel. And their highlights for, for games are only getting like 500 views and stuff. Like, yeah. my blogs are getting like 5,000 views. Why, why is a blog getting more views than the actual official people who run, run a league's channels? It's the same, by the way, the, the Irish League's even worse. The Niffle um, YouTube's a shambles. No, I'll, you know, tell you exa- what, what, I'll tell you exactly why. I can tell you exactly why. And it's because draw to play a dairy on Friday night, right? Uh, your vlog came out two days ago, so Saturday? Saturday morning. Saturday morning, so that's less than well, 12 hours after the final whistle. There's still no highlights on the FEI TV nope. YouTube no. channel. And that's the problem. Like, we had, like, you look at you, people like Declan McBennett, who's the head of RTE Sport, is coming out saying there's no hunger or desire for a highlights package to be shown on Monday night for Irish football. But that's because the hunger is gone as soon as the final whistle goes on, on a Friday night. They should have the highlights of Friday night and then maybe people are watching on Saturday morning. Like your your vlog from um from Friday night, Drought Against Derry, has 
1.9 thousand views. Yeah. And that's, you know, in two days. They haven't even released the highlights of that game. And that's yeah. exactly why. It's the, They're not putting the same effort. Like, Drotter had the, the highlights up on um, Saturday morning, as well, or on Friday night, and it's on 663. You know, and that's the club are putting that up. Mm-hmm. But the only people that are going to go and, and watch that is Drocker fans, you know. Exactly. And and the FAI channel should be the one, and the same with the Niffle channel, it should be the one that all the supporters go to to get all of their, their highlight packages and all. But you know, because it's so poorly marketed, the stuff's either not there or people don't even want to go near it and look at it. And to me, it's just down to the poor marketing. Yeah, this is exactly it. You know, it's, I mean, the draw against Bowes game from three weeks ago was on two and a half thousand views. And that was put up that night. Uh, it's, it's, you know, the, the reason why they don't get the views is because they're not putting them out when it's relevant. It's, um, you know, it has to be, the, the highlights have to be relevant. Nobody wants to watch a game from last week. They want to watch the game now. If the game was on tonight, they want to watch the highlights tonight. They don't care in three or four days' time. It's it's old news. People in the land of social media, everything moves on so quickly. And you look at it like the only highlights that people will watch where it's not straight after the game is match of the day on a on a Saturday night or a Sunday night on for the Premier League. But if you look at it now, Sky Sports have the highlights of every Premier League game out straight after the final whistle goes. Because they have a team of people that'll put the highlights together and put it out there straight away. Whereas over here, we just don't have the, the people that want to do that. We don't have a, a situation where people want to put the, the highlights packages out and get to... Again, and it's not even a case of the highlights come out on this set day. It's just whenever. You know, they, they don't... I don't think they've actually posted the highlights of every game this year. And that's, you know, if, you want, if you're a fan of a, of a club and say, for example, if you're over in Australia... You can't go see a game and you're not able to watch it on LOI TV, then you have to wait for the highlights to come out to see the goals. And sure, by the time the highlights come out, then the next game is, is being built up. To, so there's no point in watching the highlights from last week. Yeah. So, anyway, on that note. Um, yeah, I think yeah, we've, we've gone a bit over the half an hour that we told you. So. <laughs> Just a little bit. I mean, it, it, it just seems to me, you know, I, I can sort of see things mainly from the, the Irish League, um, but everything seems so similar in the League of Ireland. You know, the, yeah. the, the sort of lack of marketing, uh, the lack of quality social interaction, um, the downplaying of the leagues. Yeah, that is, a, it's a big problem. It's, it is a big, big problem and we need to see a, a massive improvement as soon as possible. And I, I just, I don't know if the current regime are going to do that for us. Well, I'll tell you one story before I leave, right? And I hope this doesn't come back to bite me. I don't, I don't know if it will or not, right? Anyway, when, when Corey and were playing Cliftonville in the League Cup final in Northern Ireland last season, I contacted the Northern Ireland Football Association or the Northern Ireland Football League um, about three months prior to the final as soon as I knew who was in the final I contacted him and I thought this is a great opportunity for myself to work alongside Niffle for one of these vlogs right so I wrote them an email, took me ages to write tried to cover all the bases, the benefits of it for them, benefits of it for me blah 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 and um, they never replied so I messaged the fella on Twitter I says look I sent, him, I sent an email a couple of times. It says, says oh, I forgot to get back to you. So email me back and says, oh, you're doing a great job doing the vlogs, um, but we're not going to do anything with you. But keep doing the vlogs. That was it. It's, it's just, yeah, that's exactly it, isn't it? It's, you know, so, but I'm at a stage now where, where people actually come to, to look at my videos and they go on my Twitter and all to get information about Irish League. I'm like, oh, me. But anyway, I'm sort of wanting to progress what I do for next season. 
but I need Niffles buy-in. I need the Northern Ireland Football League to buy in. And after them sending me that email back in, I think it was March, I'm going, is there any point in me even going to them, asking them for access to clubs? Yeah, it's, yeah it is. Yeah. That's, that's the problem. You're, you're, you're looking at the same kind of, there's no point in you putting the effort in if they're not going to give you a bit back. Like, Without being like, without slagging them off here, they don't seem to be putting that effort in to, to go out to clubs and put together like a, a weekly magazine program. Like, you have the League of Ireland TV program. I think it was streaming there now before we came on. Um, I don't know where it's any good or not. I've never watched it. But we don't have that. You know, we don't have people. We've, we've got a 25 minute highlight package, which goes on at a quarter past 11 on a Monday night. That's yeah, it. we yeah we we had something similar a few years ago with Soccer Republic. Um, they moved it from the seven o'clock on a Monday night to half eleven, and it was a half an hour like highlights package with no analysis of games or anything like that. Like it's just again nobody's interested in the highlights package from games from two or three days ago. It's you know well, they want to see the highlights tonight. What I want, what I want to do, and this is maybe an exclusive. I want to do like a soccer AM style YouTube program, a weekly program um, for next season. Um, I've got somebody who would do it along with me, um, but I'd need to get such buy-in in the Northern Ireland Football League. And I just I just think that they'd laugh at me and then just put their head in the sand as if it didn't happen. Yeah, I think because I think that is something that the, the Irish football on both sides is, is really missing is that, you know, the soccer AM style where you have something to preview the weekend's action. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I a bit of a laugh. Yeah, exactly. You can, you can clearly like use the whole, you know, greatest league in the world bias and say, you know, oh, well, this happened last week or whatever and, um, and have and funny, funny moments from the week before. Even stupid things like going out to different clubs, like say one week you go to Linfield and do you know crossbar challenge or get get one of the fans to come and do you know the drill with the player because the fans are the biggest mouths of everyone and think you know how did he miss that so put them in yeah. that is that a crack you know exactly. and have yeah. have an interactive thing because it, I mean the, the one thing about our leagues which England and the Premier League don't have is our league is for our fans yeah exactly uh, it's I made think, by yeah, the that's... fans for the fans isn't it like. Well, this is, it's run by the fans as well. Like most of the clubs are, are fan owned or fan run. So I think that is something. Uh, but yeah, Bill, do you want to just come in there just before we finish up? Yeah, I suppose. And I suppose for want or a better word, or for better or worse, we've seen an awful lot of these, as we've seen, the marketing isn't coming from other leagues and it's coming down to accounts like yourselves doing the vlogs and us doing the page for though to give people the information and to give the coverage um of the leagues that we feel it deserves. And if you look we, we we can be waiting all day for the Irish League and FAI and IFA to approach us and to try to give us the the backing and the access to you know advance our leagues or whatever. But we'll to be honest we're gonna be waiting our entire lives if, we, if we're gonna do that. And like it's about bottom up solutions like 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 we're doing with the blogs and stuff and working together like interactions like this that are really going to make the difference because I can't see if we're going to wait for the Irish League and the League of Ireland to act on accounts like ourselves we're going to be waiting for the next 25 years again and we're going to go absolutely nowhere so look I think it's down to us and for us to take our own personal responsibility about um, advancing the leagues and acting within the boundaries we can um, more so than anything else because I don't feel we're going to get the backing that we think we should get anytime soon and just about working what we can do and trying to succeed for the good Irish football in spite of it Yeah, I think that's that's a good note to end it on but uh, no, look, Niall, thanks very much for, for coming on um, if there's people out there that don't know who you are where can they find you? Find me on Twitter at, at Peaky Barn Ciders, and you can also find me on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash Peaky Barn Ciders. There's also an Instagram which I don't really use much because I don't have the time to be honest with you, but that's Peaky Barn Ciders as well. 
All right, perfect. Now, look, it's been great to have you on. You've been very generous with your time and given some really good insight. Uh, look, thanks very much and all the best for the future. All right, I'll maybe thanks be very much. Yeah. Cheers, best of luck. All right, do a lot. Thanks very much. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Bye.